Merry Christmas, everyone. We are so glad that you are here with us. Um, and if, if you're not here in person, you're watching online, would you write something in the comments so that we know that you are with us? If you're watching online and you happen to be watching this by a Christmas tree or out on your back deck with a fire pit, take a, send us a picture. We would love to see that as well. Um, and if you're a guest with us and you've never been uh, here at this church before, I uh, wanted to let you know we always have so much great, so many great things going on here, and we're thrilled that you're with us, and we hope that you'll join us again. Um, that being said, the next three Sundays, we're going to be uh, virtual only. Um, so that means the next three Sundays, you can watch church in your pajamas. That's exciting. So you can join us at 9 uh, for celebration service or 11 for our traditional service. Or if you sleep in, you can watch church in the afternoon those days. Uh, but check out our website or our church app to see all the virtual Bible studies, Sunday school classes, our Tuesday night mosaic service. Then always have tons of activities for youth and kids going on. So there's lots of ways to stay connected here at Gadsden First Methodist. One last announcement I want to make sure you know about is uh, Sunday, January the 10th at 5 p.m., we're going to have a virtual prayer service for all of our friends that are healthcare workers and essential workers. We're going to have a special service just to pray for all of them during this time. And now Pastor Sam is going to read our Advent uh, candle lighting. Okay, one of, one of the problems I'm having in 2020 that I haven't had before is getting my, my glasses tangled up in my mask. That's uh, one of those things we've had to deal with. But uh, welcome, and I want to say, like Andy did, uh, Merry Christmas to you who are here with us. And if you're joining us by home, we love our Advent candle uh, lighting, and that's uh, one, of, one of the special things we do during this season. And tonight, we have reached the time that we've waited for. We have the candle of hope. We have the candle of peace. We have the pink candle, the candle of joy. And then the fourth week of Advent is the candle of love. Tonight, the God of hope, the Prince of Peace, the Lord of love and the God who is bigger than we can ever imagine in our wildest dreams. We celebrate our redemption by lighting the Christ candle, the white candle in the middle. And hear these words from Isaiah chapter 9. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who have lived in a land of deep darkness, on them the light has shined. Um, we shall be given a son... And you shall call his name Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace to the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forward and forevermore. The zeal of the house of the Lord of hosts will do this. Glory to God in the highest. Alleluia and Amen. And now I want to ask you to join me singing one of our favorite Christmas carols. Will you stand together and sing Joy to the World?
I want to thank you for your support through this very difficult year. It's been it's been so so different, and so um, we we've, we've had to make so many adjustments. One of the suggestions I got by one of my Facebook friends is that next year we're going to plan to sing every single Christmas carol in this whole hymnal. Will I don't care how early we have to stop start, but we're gonna we're gonna sing every one of them. Is that okay with y'all? We will make sure that we do that. And uh, so thank you for your support uh, all through this year. Uh, thank you for giving online. Thank you by, for giving by mail. And uh, tonight I want to, to uh, uh, again invite you to, to give and support your church, uh, not only for our, our ministries, but something special at Christmas we do every year is we have an offering for our United Methodist Children's Home. If you haven't given uh, yet to the Children's Home, we call it our White Christmas Offering. And this is the offering that we take once a year to support our United Methodist Children's Homes in, in Alabama. And uh, I, I can't say enough good things about uh, the ministry that the Children's Home does for, for kids, taking in kids that don't have anywhere else to, to live, giving them a loving home and supporting them. If you want to give to that, then, then just make a notation on your check or on your envelope or, or when you give online. Uh, one more thing is when later on in our service when we receive um, Holy Communion, we have a tradition of receiving a communion offering. Normally we would come to the altar and we would kneel down and receive communion at the altar and you could leave a, an offering on the altar rail. You could still do that tonight on your, before you leave. If you want to drop something on the off, off altar rail, then that will all go to our local benevolence fund. We have on a daily basis people calling and asking for help and that's what that offering goes for. If you want to give online, you could just earmark it for that. However you want to do it, we thank you for your support. And the need is great, and your generosity is great, too. Uh, just a little reminder, when you came in the door, you should have uh, got, gotten two things. Um, we're having a candlelight part of our service in, in just a little bit. That's what this tea light is for, is for the candlelight part. We're having Holy Communion together. You'll have it at your seat this time. We'll give some, some instructions. If you didn't receive one of these, if you will um, make that known, one of the ushers will... We'll make sure that you have one when we get to that, that point uh, in our service. Right now we're going to, um, to sing uh, another one of our favorite Christmas hymns, and that is uh, Away in the Manger. And you can sing this uh, seated.
Yes.
Thank you, David and Rhonda. That's, that's like medicine for our hearts, isn't it? It's, it's so beautiful. Uh, tonight we're looking at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 24. The words will be up on the screen for you. And we appreciate all of our, our hard work of our tech crew back there. If you want to wave at them back there, they, they make sure that we see what we need to see and hear what we need to hear. I'm very appreciative. Uh, verse uh, 16 of First Thessalonians chapter 5. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise the words of prophets. But test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. And may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. May your spirit, soul, and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do this. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Some of the best lessons that I've ever learned, I've learned from children's books and children's movies. One of our favorite movies that we had when, that came out when our kids were little is a little movie called Monsters, Inc. Have any of y'all seen Monsters, Inc.? Well, if I, I recommend it. It's, it's just a fun movie. And oddly enough, it's a movie that's set around doors. Uh, I, I just i am fascinated by the transitions that we have to go through. And doors, I guess, represent that. And there's just a lot of doors. The doors in this movie separate the two dimensions, the dimensions of the monsters and then dimensions of, of the human beings. And on the monster side of the, door, of the door, there's a big power plant called Monsters, Inc. And the way this power plant generates power is by scaring children. And so the monsters get a door and then they go through a door into the human dimension and they come out in a kid's closet. And then they come out of the closet like all monsters do and blah or whatever they go through. They all have their special uh, scream. And then they get the kids to scream, and they capture the screams of the kids in a container, and they take it back through the door into the monster side of the dimension, and that's what they use to power uh, the power plant. Now, it's very important for the monsters to deactivate the door after they go back through it so that the children don't come over onto the monster side because actually... The monsters are just as afraid of the children as the children are of the monsters. And that's kind of the way it is in Monsters, Inc. Two of the main characters in this movie, two of the main monsters, are James P. Sully Sullivan and his best friend, Mike Wazowski. Sully and Mike. And they are the two best scarers in all of Monsters, Inc., and they are as afraid of children as you can be. And that is until they get to know a little girl named Boo. Boo comes over to the monster's world because one of the doors was accidentally left open. And so the movie's kind of set around Mike and Sully trying to get Boo back to her own home. And over the course of this experience, they really grow so fond and so attached to Boo. And they learn to love 
this little girl, and this little girl has, uh, makes a change of heart come to them. And now all of a sudden, they don't want to scare children anymore because they love children. So now here's the problem. How are they going to generate power for the monster's realm if they don't scare the children? And one of the climaxes in the movie is when Mike and Sully find out that something gives more power than fear. Uh, and they, they realize that laughter actually generates more power than fear does. And the reason I'm talking about this is the lesson that I've learned from this is that joy is so much more powerful than fear. We've had uh, um, 2020 that's been filled with a lot of, of fear, but the great good news of Christmas is not fear, but joy. Do you remember in Luke chapter 2 when the angels come and talk to the shepherds? They, they, I guess you could say they step through the door from Angels, Inc., and they come into the realm of the shepherds who are out in their fields watching over their flocks. And now all of a sudden the sky is filled with angels and the first thing that they say to the shepherds is fear not. Well, that's only natural that they would be afraid, but they say fear not for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. And this joy will be to you and to all people for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign. You'll find this baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And then the shepherds go and see the baby Jesus. And they return back to their fields filled with joy. And I just imagine that everybody that ran into them, everybody that they met, could see this joy coming through their lives. And this, and this joy radiating from them. What power that is. It changed them and it changed everybody they came in contact with. I think it could do the same for us. The joy. The problem is fear keeps our joy from shining through sometimes. Uh, I know Nehemiah uh, chapter 8 verse 10 says the joy of the Lord is our strength. And I know that fear, uh, when, when I don't have joy uh, fear steals away my joy and it also saps my strength um, so for that reason the most frequently do you know what the most frequently given commandment in the bible is i'm going to give you a multiple choice test tonight are you ready for that this is okay the most frequently given command in the bible is is it a have faith b quit your sinning or c Fear not. Which is it? It's C. Always pick C on a multiple choice test. If any of you don't know, you'll get it right a lot of the times. It's fear not. And the reason that's the most frequently given command in the Bible is because we're so full of fear. Our, our lives are saturated with fear. We've been... This year, we've been afraid of getting sick, and we've been afraid our loved ones would get sick. We've been afraid for our country. We've been afraid of losing our jobs or running out of money or just afraid for everything. It just reminds me of another one of my favorite uh, children's shows that we, we have to watch this at least twice every year at Christmas, and that is the Charlie Brown Christmas special. Do you all like that one? 
Um, you know, when Charlie Brown goes up to Lucy's little psychiatrist booth and he gives her a nickel and she rattles it around. And so she tries to get to the bottom of what's bothering Charlie Brown. And she says, are you afraid of it? She goes, starts going through these phobias, okay? And then she gets to the end and she says, or maybe Charlie Brown, you have panophobia. Do you have panophobia, Charlie Brown? And he said, what's that? And she says, fear of everything. And he said, that's it. Fear of everything. You know, it just kind of shorts out. It shorts out our joy. It blocks our joy. It diminishes our joy. And when our joy is blocked and can't shine through, then the power of God can't change us. And it can't change anybody that comes in contact with us. So fear blocks our joy sometimes. And sometimes our joy is blocked by just having the wrong attachments. We all get attached to things. I think about the story in Mark chapter 10 when a young man that we know as the rich young ruler comes up and he asks Jesus, um, Master, what do I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, do you know the commandments? And he said, well, not only do I know them, I've kept them from the time I was just little. And Jesus looked at him and loved him. And then he said this to him. You're missing one thing. There's one thing that you lack. Take all that you have and go and sell it and give it to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven and then come and follow me. And then um, in Mark 10, it says that the rich young ruler, instead of joyfully following Jesus, turned away and walked away sad and grieved because he had great possessions. And see... This is a guy that had a lot going for him. He was wealthy, and most people are so impressed with that kind of thing. He was, he was a commandment keeper. He was morally upright, and most people are so impressed with that kind of thing. But the joy of God could not shine through him because his life was possessed by his possessions. He was too attached to his stuff, and it smothered out his joy. You know what will smother out the joy of your Christmas is, is if you get so attached to the food and the presents and the decorations and the parties. We can't have that many parties these days. But all of the other lights and, and flashes of Christmas. If we get attached to all of that and forget the real meaning of Christmas. Then our joy can't shine through. And we forget that the point of all this is the one who was born to bring us joy. And the one who said, come and follow me. I know it's hard. And I know that our circumstances can have us discouraged. Uh, I've, I have those days too. I have those days when I feel like uh, Ebenezer Scrooge. And I want to say bah humbug to everybody instead of Merry Christmas. Um, but I want, to, I want to get past that. I want to get to the point where I can be like the little boy that... Um, a man walked by and saw a group of kids one day playing baseball in an empty lot. And he went up to a little boy who was standing there with a bat on his shoulder. And he said, what's the score? And he said, the little boy said, we're down by 18 runs. And he said, well, that must be really discouraging. He said, no, I'm not discouraged at all. We haven't even come up to bat yet. So I want to be like that. I want to, I want to say, okay, it might look bad right now. You know, it, it, we do have some circumstances that cause us some trouble, but God hasn't even come up bat yet. 
I want to have that kind of hope. I want to have that kind of focus. I want to let that carry me into the new year, that kind of joy. In Romans chapter 8, uh, Paul talks about all of the hardships that he is, he's faced and all of the hardships that first century Christians faced in, in the Roman world. He talked about uh, persecution. And he talked about famine. And he talked about, about peril and danger of the sword and all of these things. And he said, uh, can any of these things, can any of these things uh, conquer us? And then he says, no. He says, we're more than conquerors through him who loves us. We're more than conquerors. Now, I got to thinking about that one time, and I, I thought, how can you be more than a conqueror? Wouldn't just being a conqueror be enough? It Wouldn't just winning be enough? And um, then I got to thinking about this is why. This, these verses that he, he, he tells us in verses 35 through 39 of Romans 8, he says that nothing, not, not life or death or angels or demons or present things or future things or powers or heights or depths or anything else in all creation can separate us up from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. The reason that we're more than conquerors is because nothing can separate us from the love, the love that we are in, the love that is in us. Nothing can pull us out of that. Not even death can pull us out of that. And that's how we can be more than conquerors. Now we can focus on that or we can focus on the hardships. We can focus on the love of God that holds us secure, or we can focus on troubles. It's up to us. Um, but it's up to us to choose what we focus on. Um, joy is not one of those things that's dependent on circumstances. Happiness is depend, depends on ha happenings. But joy, that joy that powers our life, that shines through us, that pierces the darkness, um, that's something that we can have despite our circumstances. Um, one of the most uh, memorable characters in Charles Dickens' novel, Great Expectations, is Miss um, Havisham. Miss Havisham got a letter on her wedding day, the day that was supposed to be her wedding, at 8.40 a.m. saying that her, her fiancé was not going to marry her. And she stopped all of her clocks, and she stayed in her wedding dress one shoe off and one shoe on, and she stayed that way the rest of her life because all she could focus on was the failure and the pain and the past. So what will be our focus this year at Christmas? What will be our focus in the new year? Be joyful always, Paul said in First Thessalonians 5.16. And you say, well, that's easier said than done sometimes. Just look at all those things that can keep our joy from shining through. Look at, look at all that fear that we have. Look at all of those problems that are out there. Here's what I'm trying to learn. And I'm, I'm still a work in progress on this. I'm trying to learn that, that joy is really a choice, just like praying without ceasing is a choice and just like giving thanks and everything is a choice and the choices we make can make us shine and radiate with the power of God or they can make us not joy is something that we take 
from life, not as something that is given to us. So let your joy shine through this year at Christmas. Joy will change not only your heart and life, but it will change the hearts and lives of those around you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the joy that was the good news of great joy to all the world that we celebrate as we think about that first Christmas day. Help us not to let anything block that joy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we prepare to receive um, Holy Communion, I want to just just give a little word of instruction for you. Uh, everyone should have one of these. And the, when you peel this off in just a, a minute, the, the very, very top layer you peel off for to, to uh, find the communion wafer. And then the next layer is what you peel off for, for the cup. But as we prepare for Holy Communion, uh, Benny is going to play a special song for us. And it's called, Whence Comes This Lovely Fragrance?
hear this invitation, and this invitation is for you, and this is an invitation for you at home, too. If you can't be here with us, we understand, and, and you can just you can just uh, grab something for your kitchen as a, a way to join us. We do feel connected to you, and you can share in this moment of communion. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin, and seek to live in peace with one another. Will you join me now as we pray our prayer of confession? Gracious Lord, as we bow before you this evening, we remember that in many ways we have failed to live up to your glorious plan and purpose for our lives. We have failed as individuals and we have failed as a church and we failed as a people. We know that we have left undone things that we should have done and we have done things that have broken your law and rebelled against you in so many ways. There have been people who have needed us who we've turned our back on and not heard their cries. We just ask now for your forgiveness and we ask that you would free us to live in joyful obedience to you through Christ our Lord. Will you receive now this good news? Christ died for us while we were yet sinners and that proves God's love toward us in the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. On the night in which Jesus gave himself up for us, he took the bread and he blessed it and he broke it. And he said, take and eat. This is my body which is broken for you. And then likewise, after supper, he took a cup. He gave thanks to God and he said, drink from this, all of you. This is the blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you do it in remembrance of me. Let us pray. Oh God, how thankful we are for your body broken for us, your blood shed for us. And we ask now that you would pour out your spirit on us gathered here. Pour out your spirit now on these, uh, your gifts of bread and wine. May they be for us the body and blood of Christ, even as we are the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. In this moment, Lord, make us one with each other and one with you and one in ministry to all the world. Until you come again, Lord, and we feast at your heavenly banquet, we feast at this earthly banquet, and we say thank you, Lord, for all you've done for us. In Christ's name, amen. So at this time, will you um, receive the body of Christ broken for you? And the blood of Christ shed for you. On your way out of the service tonight, you'll find a basket that you can, that you can put your empty uh, communion cup in. And um, now we're about to use the other thing you received as you came into worship tonight, and that is your, um, your candle. And this is um, it's very simple. It's so simple that even I can do it. It's just got an on-off switch on the very bottom of it. In just a moment, we're going to sing uh, one of the most loved Christmas carols of all time, A Silent Night. 
and we're going to dim the lights down so you need to find um, your on off switch there and I'm going to ask you to stand and sing Silent Night and we're going to let our light shine and this candle you will keep with you uh, and take with you when you leave. Will you stand now as we, as we sing this, this last hymn?
And now let's receive this Christmas benediction. May the hope and love and peace and joy of Christmas, may the joy of Christmas shine in our lives from this time and all into the new year. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.